What's up, TD Podcast family? It's your host, Theodore, and welcome to the show. Today, I'll be talking about March Madness, giving you my final four. I'll be doing a couple free agency grades, and I'll do my post-free agency TD10. I'm excited, and so are you, so buckle up and let's get into it, starting off with about five of my free agent signing grades. So let's start these grades off with a Patriots player, considering Bill Belichick spent about $130 million on free agents Monday. So John Usman, he signed a four-year $50 million contract with the Patriots. I'd give this contract a C. I think they overpaid him. This is a top three contract for a tight end in the NFL, and he's never had more than 500 yards in a season in his career. So to put that in perspective, he finished 21st in the NFL in receiving yards for a tight end last year. He played 15 games. George Kittle had more than 200 more yards than him and only played 8. He also had less receiving yards than Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz, who you've probably never heard of. Overall, just way overpaid. On to the next guy, John Johnson from the Cleveland Browns. I love that name, John Johnson. It's a terrific name. I think his parents... Must have been Einstein Mines over there. He signed a three-year, $33 million contract with the Browns. I give it an A. I think it's great value. The Browns are getting a top 10 safety. And to quote all pro corner Jalen Ramsey, Browns got a good one. And that, that's what they did. I, I agree with them. The next guy is Ronald Darby, who signed a three-year, $30 million contract with the Denver Broncos. My Denver Broncos. I give it a C. I think Darby's a very injury-prone corner who went healthy thrives. But wasn't it an aim for the Broncos to get a stable corner who doesn't get injured? He had zero interceptions last year and was never forced to fumble. Was another thing they said was they wanted to address was creating more turnovers. So yeah, this guy doesn't do that. Even with those negatives, though, there's a little to like here. He led the NFL in pass breakups and posted a top 12 corner PFF grade last year, so overall, good player, bad fit. The next guy, Andy Dalton, he signed a one-year, $10 million contract with the Bears. You know, this one's an F, and here's why. So when you tell your diehard Bears fans of 50-plus years that you're centering in on Russell Wilson, and then you go and get Andy Dalton, you deserve an F. I mean, no disrespect against Andy Dalton, but like, Man, you just can't do that. This is something only the Chicago Bears could possibly pull off. The next guy, Curtis Samuel, who's on a three-year, $34 million contract with the Washington football team. I give it a B. I think this signing has very high potential. Samuel's a do-it-all type of guy. He can line up at quarterback and wildcat, take handoffs, and most notably catch passes. The reason this is not a A grade like the Johnson signing is because of the fact that Samuel has never been in a thousand yard season guy. But overall, a reliable signing by Ron Rivera. So those are my free agency grades on players. So Johnny Smith, C, John Johnson, A, Ronald Darby, C, Andy Dalton, F, and Curtis Samuel, B. Now on to my post free agency TD10, my top 10 teams in the league as of right now. Let's get into it. At number 10, the Arizona Cardinals. I believe in Kyler Murray. I think with the new veteran additions of AJ Green and JJ Watt on top of veterans like Chandler Jones and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, veteranship on its own could take their team very far. 
Then at nine, I have the Browns. I think this team is so well filled. Baker plays well. The sky's the limit for this team. They got they got guys in every position on the field. At number eight, I have the Colts. I think if Wentz flourishes, this team will flourish. Pretty simple. They got a defense. They got an O-line. Top five in both of those. Wentz flourishes, team flourishes. At seven, I got the Rams. I think if they protect Stafford well, they could be dangerous. The one thing to keep in mind of is they lost their defense coordinator, Brandon Staley, so that could hurt. But when you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on the same defense, you're going to be great. Anyways, on to number six. The New England Patriots, you did not see that coming, coming from a Broncos fan. You normally don't see that, but similar to the Colts and Browns, if their quarterback can hold down the fort, they can go far. If Cam plays well, this could be a Super Bowl team. You know, Bill's hungry. And this defense is probably going to be the best defensive football next year, in my opinion. And five, I have the San Francisco 49ers. They fix up the secondary. There's not too much holes on that team. You know, the secondary is the only hole, but they're taking steps in that direction by signing Jason Verrett to a multi-year deal. Actually, my mistake, one-year deal. But, you know, if they fix up that, they just got, they got great linebackers, great edge rushers, great D-line, you know, great weapons. You know, of course, Kittle. Jimmy Garoppolo's nothing. He's done nothing but win. So, that's a good-looking team. And four of the Buffalo Bills. You know, they're great. They just got to get a running game going. Their defense is great situationally, but as long, as long as they don't get a running game going, they won't be balanced enough to win in this league. At three, I have the Green Bay Packers. As long as they replace their center well and back TRA, their tackle gets healthy, they could be my pick to win the Super Bowl. I think they had back TRA healthy last year. Shaq Barrett wouldn't have three sacks in the conference championship, and I don't think they... Buccaneers would have actually won that game. And, and I think in the Super Bowl, Zedaria Smith would eat up that Chiefs line. So I think the Packers would have been your Super Bowl champs if Bakhtiari stayed healthy. All you got to do is stay healthy another year. And number two, I have the Chiefs. Their O-line scares me, but they signed Joe Tooney. They fixed that up. They got Patrick Mahomes. So they're going to score a lot of points. But they got to keep them healthy. And at number one, the team that signed everyone back after just previously winning a Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jason Light, great GM. What signings everywhere. He, he figured it out. I didn't think he'd be able to sign everyone back, but he has. And right now, as it stands, the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFL. So that was my TD 10. Cardinals at 10. Browns at 9. Colts at 8. Rams at 7. Patriots at 6. 49ers at 5. Bills at 4. Packers at three, Chiefs at two, and Buccaneers at one. Keep in mind, teams like the Seahawks, Steelers, Titans, Saints, and Ravens didn't make it. I got some friends who are Ravens fans, and they're going to be mad about that, but it's hard to make the TD10. You, you got to work for that. Now what y'all have been waiting for, talking some March Madness. So I'm recording this on Thursday before March Madness starts, so I can't really help you fix your bracket, but I can give you my opinion. So here's my opinion. So, the March Madness this year, I think, is very interesting with Duke and Kentucky not in it. And the team with the clearest path to a championship is probably Gonzaga. I mean, clearest path to the Final Four, per se. If, if someone else takes down Iowa, they don't really have that much of a challenge, but... 
Iowa can be a challenge to them, but I don't see anyone else in that conference really poking at Gonzaga much, so I think they're they're almost a lock to be in the Final Four. Then as you go down to, I think it is the East, you have Michigan at number one, but I think Michigan is not going to take that division. Their best, their best players out, so it's between Alabama, Texas, and Florida State, and personally, Texas always chokes, so I think it's I have Alabama making it to the Final Four, but you could put Florida State. Then in, I think it's the West, or the Midwest, whatever it is, Baylor, you got Baylor, you got Purdue, you got Ohio State, you got Arkansas, you got Texas Tech. I think ultimately it's going to come down to Ohio State and Baylor, and I have, I have Ohio State coming out. Any of those teams is a good team to come out there. I don't think any of the other teams can make that full run to the Final Four. Then in the Midwest, the last one, I have Oklahoma State, number four, getting to the Final Four. They, they take down Illinois. They take down Houston on their way there. And I think Rutgers is a sleeper here. They can win some games. So in the Final Four, Oklahoma State versus Ohio State. I think Oklahoma State will win that. And then I have Gonzaga against Alabama, and I think Gonzaga will win that. And then you'd see a Cade Cunningham, who's going to be the first overall pick on Oklahoma State, Going up against Gonzaga with Jalen Suggs, probably the second overall pick. It'd be an amazing matchup. I think Gonzaga would end up winning because they have better players overall. They've got a lot of seniors on that team. They have depth. So this is how I think March Madness is going to turn out. But it's it's called March Madness because there's a ton of madness, you know. I don't know totally what's going to happen. So that's just a couple of my predictions. This year's weird, man. I... Duke, Kentucky not in it. I wanted to go with UConn far, but, you know, I don't think they can beat Alabama. They're not a good matchup for them. But, so, yeah, it was great to have you guys listen to this podcast this week. Tell me what you think. DM me. Just tell me what you think. It was great to talk some free agency, some March Madness, because we only talk March Madness once a year, maybe twice. So, it was great. I'm Peace out.